Hello there, this is Dwayne McCrary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. And today I have as my guest, Mike Livingston. He's one of the content editors on the Explore the Bible team. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Today we're gonna to be looking at session 11, which is a study of Deuteronomy 18. Um, it's the, near the end of Moses' second address to Israel. If you looked at your outline in, the, in any one of the resources, you're going to see that most folks are going to understand Deuteronomy is, is being uh, organized by a first address, a second address, a third address, and then Moses' final days. And so we're at the end of the second address. Uh, in, in these passages that we're examining, verses 15 through 22, First of all, we find out that Moses reminded the Israelites of their desire for a mediator who could deliver God's message to them because of their unworthiness to approach God. That's in verses 15 through 18. The, the focus there, the, the importance of that is, our sin keeps us from approaching God without Jesus Christ as our mediator. In verses 18 and 19, we then find Moses recounting God's pleasure with the people's request for someone to represent God to them. God promised to raise up men from his people through whom he would deliver his message. These men would deliver God's message, leaving the people no excuse. God's going to raise up messengers who faithfully deliver his message. And then verses 20 through 22, Moses then explained to the people uh, that if someone claimed to be a prophet, how they could validate uh, that what they spoke was true. Uh, the people were told that if a person's message was not validated, in other words, if that didn't come true, then they were to consider that individual a false prophet and therefore to be ignored. The main point there is godly messengers will be validated by God in time. Mike, there's a variety of issues to address in this particular study. We see the call, a call to ministry, the nature of prophecy and revelation, false teachers, all kinds of things here. Uh, so let's jump right in, first of all, with this idea of how does the life of Moses foreshadow Jesus as the great prophet? Yeah, I'll name, uh, let me just name a few. Uh, I'll, I'll point you uh, to several things here. One, uh, God's revelation of himself to Moses at Mount Sinai as the I am, anticipated the I am sayings of Jesus. That's in John's gospel. That, that, and those I am sayings show uh, Jesus's deity. You know, I'm talking about the, you know, the lie of the world. I am the door. I'm mm -hmm. the bread of life. Mm -hmm. That's one. Um, through Moses, God established the Passover, uh, which found its ultimate meaning in Jesus, our Passover lamb. First Corinthians 5, 7 is the verse you can go to for that. The manna in the wilderness points to Jesus as the bread that came down from heaven, John 6, 41, you can go to. The tabernacle established in the time of Moses points to Jesus who tabernacled among us. Uh, he's the greater, more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, says Hebrews 9, 11. Focus there is on God's presence. Yep. The sacrifices and offerings um, pointed to Jesus, who is the complete fulfillment of the old sacrificial system. Hebrews, especially chapters 7 through 10, focus on that. Then Acts 3.22, Acts 3.22, Peter, in his, um, Peter clearly identified Jesus in that verse as the one who fulfilled the prophecy spoken by Moses in Deuteronomy 18.15, that God would raise up a prophet like 
Moses. So that's just, that's just some of the ways that uh, Moses foreshadowed Jesus. Are there dangers of us placing Moses in the same category as Jesus? And how do we do that at times? Yeah, I, certainly. I mean, the answer to that is, is yes, there are dangers. And the danger would be that Moses was a man just like us. He, he was a flawed human being. Uh, Moses was, was just a human servant of God. Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, there's a verse, Hebrews 3.3, 3, says, Jesus was considered worthy of more glory than Moses. And goes on to say, Moses was, a faith, was faithful as a servant in God's household, but Christ was faithful as a son over his household, and we are of that household. So Moses was an important towering figure in the Old Testament. I mean, you can't deny that. There's no Old Testament figure more respected, I'd say, than, than Moses. But the story is not about Moses. And uh, we, we, we make a mistake when, when we make it about him or any other human um, character. Moses is not the central character of, of this story or this book that we're studying. The significance of Moses in Scripture is how God worked through him to accomplish his purposes in his people despite Moses' flaws and weaknesses. Everything that God did through Moses points us to the one who is greater than him, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, the, the danger is we're, we're missing the point of the story when we make it about Moses. We see Moses as this great leader, but we forget that he is flawed, yeah. and he point, that points to the need of a leader who is perfect in every way. And who is Jesus, yeah. yeah. One of the things that we're encouraged to do um, when this lesson is take a look at in the Bible skill to compare Deuteronomy 18 with 2 Timothy 3. Um, can you walk us through that, uh, that ex exercise here just for a moment? Okay, uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18 warns about some so-called prophets who claim to speak for God. Verse 20 says, The prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. So it warns us about those who will say they speak for God but who do not. And then it gives a test to determine if that prophet is a true prophet or not. It says, How can we recognize the message uh, from the Lord? When the prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true, is not fulfilled, that message is not uh, from the Lord. Um, now, 2 Timothy 3, there are some similarities. Paul is describing false teachers. He describes them as those who deceive, those who are always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. He calls them evil people and imposters. They are deceiving and being deceived. And then Paul tells Timothy, um, starting in verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3, he says to Timothy, Now as for you, in contrast, as for you, continuing what you have learned and firmly believed, you've known from infancy the sacred scriptures. In that verse, all scripture is inspired by God. Um, so you got these two passages now. They're similar in some ways, they're different in some ways. In both passages, false teachers, false prophets uh, arise or will arise who claim to speak for God but who speak messages that are not from God or that are not authorized by God. That's in both passages. Both passages call for discernment on our part 
we need to discern, uh, distinguish between what's true and what's not true. Are there some principles we can follow there that? Yeah, the, yeah, and in both passages, um, there's a standard by which we discern what's true and what's not true. There's a way to recognize the true from the false in both of these. In Deuteronomy, the test is really straightforward. If the message is fulfilled, then it's a message. It is a message from God. Now, in Second Timothy, um, those who faithfully proclaim God's word, um, those who faithfully pro proclaim Scripture are teachers and preachers uh, that you can trust if they are faithful to, to Scripture. And, and Paul, in, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul says, you know, the implicit message of, of 2 Timothy 3 is that the teacher is trustworthy if his message aligns with Scripture. That's, that's the message in 2 Timothy 3, if his message aligns with Scripture. And then Paul adds that character test and says that behavior or character often gives the false teachers away. So the answer to your question, okay, there, what are the principles here? I would see three principles in, in, both, in both of these passages. One is that God speaks to his people. I mean, that is, that is true. It was true in, in Moses' day. It's true in New Testament times and even today. God speaks to his people. Secondly, he speaks through faithful teachers and preachers. That has been true. Uh, since Old Testament times. God speaks through faithful teachers and preachers. Then the third is that believers, we, need to be discerning and um, test all truth claims by Scripture, by the written Word of God. If someone says something that is contrary to Scripture, that person is not speaking for God. God does not ever contradict himself. So anything that is in contradiction to what is written in the word of God is not to be um, listened to or trusted. And by the word of God, we're not, you're not talking about uh, just a verse, but the whole of Scripture. The whole of Scripture. You, you and I both know folks who will take this verse and they'll yes. build a whole theology off this one verse and not take into account the rest of what Scripture says uh, to get a balanced approach to right. the whole and, of the Bible. Yeah, and there are false teachers who are, who are very uh, good at doing exactly that. How can we protect ourselves then from, from these false teachers as believers today? You know, there's an illustration that <clears throat> maybe it's become a little cliche, and I, I know most people have probably heard this, but there's a lot of truth in it. And, and the illustration is that when a, fed, a federal agent doesn't learn how to spot counterfeit money by studying the counterfeits. He, he learns to spot the counterfeit by studying the real thing, the genuine bills. And, and by studying the genuine bills, he, he, he's able to recognize the fake money when he sees it. So there's, you know, there's, there's some truth in that um, for us. We protect ourselves from falsehood by immersing ourselves in the truth of Scripture. Get, get under uh, a teacher and preacher who, who faithfully proclaims God's Word and just immerse yourself in, in the study of Scripture. That's, that's the best protection we have. From so false it reminds teachers. us of the importance of us being engaged with Scripture uh, not just listening to someone, but us also being a student of the whole of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, every yes. bit of it. 
then that serves as our filter to understand what is truth because we have, we have studied truth and are continuing to study the truth at that point. That's correct. Is there any other things that you would want to bring out about this particular lesson, Mike, before we end our time yeah, together? I, I don't know if there is. It just seems to me that again and again we come back to, knowing, to how knowing and following Scripture can protect and prevent, uh, protect against and, and, and correct uh, a lot of problems in our lives and churches. It, all, it seems like it always comes back to knowing and, and following Scripture. Thank you for that insight and that, that, uh, that warning as well, that we need to make sure that we are students of Scripture. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being with us today, and y'all have a grand week, and we'll see you next week.